Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Buried podcast. My name is Mike, a.k.a. Dad and Buried. Just quick public service announcement. I am 40,000 followers away from 200,000. I really wanted to make it by my birthday coming up in September. In September um, my 31st birthday. I look great. Thank you for noticing. Um, I, I'm joined today, once again, two weeks in a row, by uh, my lovely wife, Heather, a.k.a. Mom and Buried. Would you like hello. to say Hello. Hello. Fun fact, this is actually our second attempt at recording this episode because um, something went wrong yesterday, so now we are re-recording because we care about you people and your entertainment, especially during the uh, the COVID-19 quarantine. Although, is it still a quarantine? I don't think it's so much a quarantine anymore. No, it's not, I guess, a quarantine officially, although in a lot of places it probably should be, but, you know, um, I don't know. It's still pretty... Life is not as as usual, at least in New York, right? So, well, you were able to leave the house yesterday. You took the kids to the beach, um, yes. which was great for a variety of reasons. One, I was left home alone to do some work in peace and quiet, um, which is very rare uh, these days since the kids and you are home and just a lot of people all at once. Um, and you were able to kind of continue your tradition of, of mom camp, which is trying to make summer exciting and memorable, even though these are, uh, Obviously, very different circumstances than usual. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there could be a podcast just on that. But, like, Mom Camp, I've actually enjoyed... We did enjoyed... one. We did a podcast. On... I wasn't in it, so, like, you know, whatevs. But um, Mom Camp is something I have kind of run, uh, you know, the last couple of years while my kids are small, and I kind of enjoy it. And I actually do things where we make plans, but we go to museums. We go to, like, matinees. We do all these cool things that, you know here in New York, and so many of you can't do. So I think a lot of parents are going insane, and it's hard to convince yourself, let alone your kids, to leave the house. So, I mean, you know, now I did it two days in a row, so I can just, like, day drink for a day or two, I think. That seems fair. Is that the but, plan? Uh, You're going to day drink for the next couple of days? <laughs> yeah. You got your time. I get mine. I'm going to lock myself in the bedroom and day drink. <laughs> and I got to hang out with the kids? Yeah. Good luck. Um, I, you know what? Contrary to popular opinion, I love my children. Um, I don't love them 24 seven, 365 because I'm a normal human being. Um, and it's difficult, especially nowadays when, um, you know, we're all stuck inside, as I mentioned before. And normally, um, in about a month, we'd be sending our kids back to school where they would be away from us for a, a a good chunk of days, a good chunk of the day, um, which is frankly wonderful for us and for them. Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and separation from your kids really makes spending time with your kids more tolerable. Um, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about today, back to school in the time of COVID. It's not an easy uh, topic. Um, it's a little bit more serious than what Pete and I usually tackle, although we have tried to mix it up. And yeah, Mom and Barry is here, and, and she, you know, she struggles with the funnies a little bit, right? Am I right? No, you're absolutely wrong. I'm funnier than you and more likable, so there's that. Um, but I can also take on the serious matter because matters because I'm multidimensional. You know, I I, I bring yeah, a lot to the table. Yes, you know I'm, well, I'm doing that hourglass pantomime. Yes, oh, for are, those who are listening, weirdo. Your, um, your dimensions but, are like Barbie, and this is why you topple over all the time. This. This is very bizarre, but yes, 
Go go follow me on Instagram and check out my dimensions, ladies and gentlemen. Her name on Instagram is Mom and Buried because she she took my Instagram last name, Please. but did not take my real life last name, much to my father's chagrin. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I'm, I hope he got over it by now. Hey, I was born with my own last name. I kind of like it. Yours is like annoying to spell, so I'm like good with it. It is annoying. Um, it's long, right? So when I have right. like a username or something, or when I have to spell it for like a customer service person on the phone, it really takes a long time. I don't, I don't have time for that. And like career wise, I was always, you know, already on my way. So, you know, yes, but mom and buried sure I'll take because, um, I was that for years, you know, behind the scenes on down and buried, like all of your online places. And you would talk about me and then finally, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, I came out from behind the shadows and, you know, shined, shine brighter than you at times. But I think overall, we're, we've got like a good, we've got a good thing going. Do we? Well, fine. You mean marriage wise or like podcast wise? Depends on the day. I do oh, want I mean, to reassure. Like, just on the online community, but um, it is fun. And I, you know, thanks for having me on the podcast. I do want to reassure people um, and let them know that. Uh, Pete does still exist. He's had some he scheduling issues the past couple of weeks. I so. thought it was in question if Pete existed in the first place. Well, he doesn't have an online footprint uh, or a social media footprint, so maybe he doesn't. Um, or maybe he's just so well-adjusted he does not need social media's validation to approve his worthfulness as a human being. Unlike me, which is why I'm trying to get to 200K by my birthday when I turn 31. That seems like an ambitious goal. You know, 40K people to like you in like one month. You know, I've met you. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Seems lofty. Well, I, know that if, I know that if I say something about Trump, I can lose 40K people in about in about a month. In about um, seconds. You probably lost 10K right there. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. Um, so, no, this isn't going to be a political podcast. We're, this episode, that's saving it for the 500th All Politics podcast. When we get there, we're inching close closer by the week, but we are going to talk about going back to school in the time of COVID, um, the challenges that parents face, kids face, teachers face, um, everybody faces, because it's sort of a nightmare scenario, which makes sense, because it's a global pandemic, and those things, uh, they're not fun, um, but and we're going to try to make it fun, because that's what we do. We will try our best. Um, you know, I might collapse into hysterical tears because this has got me so stressed out so that could be like kind of fun someone just totally losing it if but, you're uh, into women crying this is the episode for you maybe <laughs> it hasn't happened yet you didn't cry yesterday when we first no, did it so. i kept it together but it's been stressful and i think like a lot of parents can relate i mean every day it's a whole different story for many people or they're already at the going back and so there's the stress of the not knowing and discovering and all the changes, but it's freaking stressful and it's hard decision making for those who are in the position to decide between remote and um, in, online, in or partial school, or I guess in some places, full-time school. Do you want me to sing um, Buddy Holly's Every Day, which I learned, I think the first time I encountered that was in the film Stand By Me, which I saw in the theater with my mom. Are I you sure it wasn't the acclaimed Broadway musical Buddy that I'm I worked positive. on. <laughs> I, also saw, I also saw Rain Man in the theater with my mom. If you want me to sing the Aiko Aiko Wane song. Chuck him off, na 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 ne. Chuck him off, na ne. Talk about hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. I feel like perhaps you're off topic. 
And I would love to like throw in some real normal stuff, but this ain't normal. So, you know. This is what I do. This is what I do. This is what brings the people back. Thank you for the reminder. (laughs) This is what brings the people back. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and you're going to hear the name of the podcast, which has not been changed to Buried with Children, although we're thinking about it. Sorry, Pete. I like that you one. Like that. Buried with yeah. children. Oh, that was. A, I mean, a you know, I have been after the last one and the cameo a bit, and as you know, high demand. You hear about it like constantly. How lovable I am. I did post a poll asking people if they wanted all mom and buried all the time, and and uh, no more Pete. Um, and it, I didn't ask it quite that way, but people clearly are clamoring. For a little bit more mom and buried on the airwaves, so we'll see what we can do. Um, and you know, maybe when Pete comes back, he won't come back at all. We'll say, you know what, screw no. you. No, I love Pete, and you guys have a good, you know, kind of different repertoire. But you know, it's fun. I've heard some of those same things, and so I love that people are loving on me. And it's it's you know, it's kind of fun to like talk to you from a separate room and yes. through a screen, and you know. It's, it's, it's good. It's a good vibe. So, all right, let's do this. All right, we'll be back in a minute to talk about uh, going back to school or not in the time of COVID. Every day, it's a getting closer, going faster than I take a call back. Pete, come people, home. People love back. when I sing on the podcast. That's one thing that's everybody knows. Has I've actually never asked that poll. Ever said that because I've not heard that in re- real t- real life, real time. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna poll after we're done recording. If people love to hear my dulcet tones. Anyway, this week, the hammer has um, I don't know how much we're singing. We're gonna stop get stop it. <laughs> the hammer just told you to stop. I don't know how much more singing we're going to get. We're going to be talking about back to school in the time of COVID. But before we get into that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or any of the other uh, myriad places you can you can hear us, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we would love it if you gave us a rating um, and or a review on Apple. You, don't, you can just click the star button. You don't need to write a paragraph. We appreciate hearing from you guys. You can check us out on YouTube. Um, we can comment on individual episodes, and you can throw us a little bit of money on Patreon or even on Anchor if you want. I'm going to run really quickly through the people that are doing that. So Ryan Miller and MS Babayan, they contribute on Anchor. And on Patreon is Check Your Kids at the Door, Chris Coleman, MC Daniel, Mallory McKenzie, Tina Davis, and Miriam. Um, we got a new guy, Rob Gilberry. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Rob. Please let me know if I do. Thank you for joining us. Lindsay Woodruff, Andrea Sandoval, Barbara Geiger, Bill D'Amica, Dana Bosday, Jacques Govar, Morning Glow. Cotton Farmer, AZ, Wes Clark, Jennifer Wynn, Julie McCarthy, Paula Polsky, Mary Williams, and Julie Burton, also known as KSU Julie on Instagram. Thanks, everybody, one and all, for contributing at all, whether with your words or your wallet. Remember I said that once to Pete, and he was really impressed at that that turn of phrase, because I'm a a writer at heart, Um, not just of memes, people. No, you are. You're a very good writer if people haven't checked that out. You are. Thanks, and fairly funny, but thanks for the love to everyone. We love it. Please, I'm the funniest person you've ever met. You've said this to me multiple times over the course of our marriage. When was the last time you can date? Look, <laughs> I, don't have it, I don't have it written down. All right. Okay, so, let's go. Let's talk about the serious stuff. 
Well, that's funny because Katie Carl 79 said, I don't want to talk about it. I want to hear you and Pete talk about random stuff. Now, look, I'm going to do my best to throw some more random stuff in here. And not even, I'm not even going to try. It just happens. It's just how my mind works. But right now, this is on everyone's minds, right? So Mom and Barry and I listened to our school's town hall a couple of days ago where our wonderful principal answered a lot of questions. And most of her answers were, this is how it's going to be unless or if it was very hypothetical. We don't envy the school administrators and the teachers who are preparing for all manner of different scenarios because nobody really knows for sure. And the mandate's not going to come down from the governor for another week or two, I think. Is that right here in New York? Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of school systems, so that's meaning all the teachers and all the principals in it, um, are still at this phase of preparing for literally every scenario. And they don't know which one it's going to be. And so it's hard to get the logistics down and, you know, because it's going to, it could be last minute, like, Oh, we're all remote. Um, but they don't know they can't prepare and just so many kudos to them for going through all these things. And it must really suck to be in their position of being like, I want to give you information. I want to help, but I don't know. And right now, you know, the plan is a hybrid situation where there'll be, split up, I think, alphabetically into a couple of different cohorts, as they're referring to them. Um, And we're supposed to, within like 10 days or so, we have to decide whether we're going to do the hybrid or whether we're going to opt out of in-person completely and just do virtual. Um, And the thing is, if you decide to only do virtual, you're stuck in it for two months and you cannot change, or vice versa. If you're nervous about the situation and don't know if you want to do it for the whole year, or even like you can't go for a week and then pull back, you're stuck yeah. for two months, whatever you choose, before you can reconsider. Well, and I understand logistically, especially in a school system like New York, you know, that once they build these classes or these pods or whatever they're calling them or the remote classrooms, it's hard to change them. But, you know, no one's going to see what it's actually like till you get there. And one, right. it's not even guaranteed that we'll know what the formula is before you're supposed to decide if you want remote. And two... If you go and you, you're like, wow, you know, I'm not actually comfortable with the way this is set up. It's not as, you know, um, in depth. It's, uh, you know, it's, I don't feel comfortable with the way it is. You can't say I'm out, you know, and no. that's really weird. Well, that would put, it's actually, as you said, that would, like the uncertainty, if you can opt in and out willy nilly, the uncertainty for administrators and teachers and how they're handling it gets a lot harder. So it's understandable. Well, it's just tricky. C.W. Bullard in South Carolina, who's a loyal listener to the podcast, said that the state gave everybody a deadline, which was actually last Sunday, to register for virtual school, but not all the the districts had their return plans approved. So you weren't even choosing between anything. You just had to say whether you want to remote or not. You don't even know what the other option was or if it made sense for you. So there's just tons and tons and tons of uncertainty, not just for parents and kids, also for the teachers. Well, yes. And I mean... For instance, there's, and we're in the same situation because the schools have to get their plans approved and they're working on them. There's like, for instance, just one thing, a push here in New York for like outdoor schooling, which I guess has happened in the past for, I believe, the tuberculosis yeah, outbreak where they set up outdoor schools because, you know, to lower transmission, et cetera, which we know one thing about COVID, which is it is harder to get outside. And 
So I think that's such a great and inspired idea. And one of the parents brought it up on our call. And it's just the principal is like, you know, I like that idea. If we get to that place, because again, she doesn't even know what's happening. We would have to figure it out. Like who's putting up the tents and the tables and the setups and the breakdown every day. And what about the ordinances to close off the streets to be able to do that? And so like once you start thinking I mean, right now, school districts, understandably, are trying to make you feel better and being like, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this, um, whether it's the social distancing or the wearing the mask or, you know, not sharing materials. That's easy to say. But for me, then when you start thinking about the logistics, it's so damn hard, not only for the teachers to do, but as a parent, you know, um, I actually got a DM from a teacher that just struck me really hard because I was just asking people generically on, you know, my Instagram feed about whether or not they wanted to send their kids or keep remote. And she's just like, I do. And everyone wants this, but like, you know, she painted this picture of like, but the kids can't touch things and, you know, they won't be together and it's not going to be social. And the things you picture, you know, even just recess are not going to be the same. And to really think about what all of these protocols mean, that just kind of broke my heart, especially having like a four-year-old who's entering pre-K, you know, and just being like, but that's so the core of early learning. So it's funny because I got a message. I've got a bunch of messages from teachers, one of whom said, um, you know, six is a perfect number, said, as a teacher, I'm concerned for my health, which nobody seems to be talking about. I have an an older brother who's a teacher. We've spoken to him. He's in he's in Connecticut, um, and I think we are we are aware that you know it's not just kids and parents who are concerned here. It's teachers as well, and we know that you know older people, at least adults, seem to be the ones more at risk um, yeah. than kids. Although kids can certainly bring the the disease home, the virus home, and, and spread it around with somebody like you who's high risk. We're certainly aware of that. Um, and downtime dads who has a, uh, he's a gamer dad who has a podcast called downtime dads. If you want to check that out, if you're a gamer, he says, I understand your frustration. Just know us teachers are just as frustrated as you are. And I yeah. think what it boils down, everybody is unbelievably frustrated by the situation and we're not blaming each other. If we're blaming anybody, it's the current administration and the <laughs> Chinese people who invented the virus. I'm sorry, wait, Bill Gates invented the virus. Um, so obviously we're frustrated with him, but when are you not? Because Windows is a huge pain in the ass. I'm well, kidding. Obviously, no one invented the virus. It's not a hoax like climate change is. Oh, right, right, right. Well, being mad at the virus is, you know, completely pointless waste of time. But um, it's here, and so everyone's dealing with the reality. And, yeah, it, the teachers, I definitely think about the teachers. Honestly, I believe there's 72 teachers within the New York school system, teachers and administrators who passed away of COVID and Yikes. who knows one at our school, um, yep. you know, and this, this is a reality. And I mean, it, every teacher is so different and everything, but like, for instance, and just different ages, right. Impact, like you just said about how adults get it easier. Um, and there are some older teachers, older teachers that teachers that have been doing it for a really long time, over 60, which is supposedly the scariest age group to be in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the reasons that my my parents have been quarantining so much is because they're in their 80s. Yeah. And senior citizens are at higher risk. Same for me. And, the, and just the at risk teachers, which honestly, you know, now they're suspecting it, it might be the newest immune disease. Well, as someone who has one. 
Like, I feel like half the fucking the population autoimmune disease. Sorry. Yeah, I wish I was immune. <laughs> that would be much better. Autoimmune disease. So many people have that. And, you know, for these teachers to have to make these choices, so many want to go back to school. They're desperate to. And they need the money, you know? Yeah. Well, it, what, having what to work. Do? Is another wrinkle. So Kazja underscore W K A S J A underscore W said, "I'm a teacher, so I have to go back to work." She's like, "But we might homeschool the kids," which is just what an impossible situation that is, right? So she doesn't feel safe sending her kids to school, but she can't not go because it's her job, right? So we are lucky in that I'm able to, for the time being, and for an extended period of time, I have been able to do my job from home remotely. Um, obviously, it's not ideal with the kids would, around, with you around. Yeah, I would but, say. Would you say you're lucky? <laughs> I know, no. Being at home I, all the time. <laughs> I feel very unlucky sometimes, believe me, um, when the kids are crawling all over me. And they feel actually, they're the ones who are lucky because they get so much goddamn screen time, especially this summer, just so I can get, get my work done. Um, but it's a luxury and it's privilege, right? It's a yes, privilege absolutely. that I have to be able to continue to make an income and, and to have you at home so that you can, you know, take care of the kids in a way that I can't when I'm working. You know, I wrote right about now it's summer, so we get a bit of a reprieve, but we have the luxury of being home to be terrible teachers to our children. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, see, that's the other it's challenge, math. right? The kid is the kid's screwed on math if I'm teaching it. Or you, honestly. So in a perfect world, um, COVID is gone and the kids are going back to school. Um, but this world doesn't exist, right? So Manders three fourteen says, here's the deal. Every option that isn't back to the old way without COVID. Every one of those options sucks in one way or another. There's no perfect scenario or option that's going to serve everybody. It sucks for everyone, administrators, teachers, support staff, students, parents, everyone. And that is is 100% the case, right? Our kids, our nine-year-old who's supposed to be going back to fifth grade, he's a rising fifth grader. I hate that term, but he's a rising fifth grader. He misses his friends. He has a birthday oh. at the beginning of the year that... You know, he's not really, we're not going to be able to have one of your elaborate backyard birthday parties where you create treasure maps and scavenger hunts and all that kind of stuff. And Kudos. he's, by the way, not saying all moms do this. I get a little crazy about birthdays. Um, a little crazy. No pressure. You do not want to be, you do not want to be in this house for the week plus leading up to uh, a birthday party. <laughs> I do love birthdays okay. and that's the time to shine. But this poor kid, our son, um, the nine-year-old, his first of all, Basically, COVID was announced, and he's like, do you think it'll be gone by my birthday? Like, mm -hmm. he, for months, and I think the other day, he finally kind of realized, now that it's a month away, it's not going to be the usual thing. And I really hope that we can do some sort of, we'll do something, obviously, but it won't be the same. And I don't even think that it's not, uh-oh, <laughs> that it's not him having a big party, you know, like... That's last not what night. You're, oh, you're going to start crying now? Yeah, got, but I'm going to start crying. Because <laughs> you don't even know this yet. But last night I was tucking him in and just being like, hey, are you okay? Because he seemed kind of off. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, except for when I'm angry. And I'm like, what are you angry at? He's like, I'm angry about COVID. I'm angry I can't see my friends. And the fact this kid just like is thinking about that in the back of his mind all the time. Yeah, this person, they're right. It sucks. It really fucking sucks for the kids and for the adults. And I'm going to stop talking and regain myself. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, obviously it sucks. And then, so I got a comment from Maggie Parker 13, who said, she just said succinctly, she said, send them back. It's mentally unhealthy to keep kids isolated like this. And yes, it's not yeah. mentally good for these Obviously. kids. 
as you're seeing, it's not good for the kids. It's not good for my wife who's crying about it. You know, <laughs> they're not having a good time. But, you know, it's potentially physically unhealthy for, for yeah. the kids. There is no parents, good option. It's like, which shitty option do you want to choose? And I do a million percent think about the socialization. I think that's, I mean, currently, if anything, we are trying to lean towards doing part-time remote because, especially with the oldest one, because he needs it. And I know he does. And he has ADHD, you know, as I, you know, you guys have talked about on the podcast before, I believe. And, um, he, it's hard to have all that energy pent up and not be able to have that. And I mean, he's been so close with his teachers the last couple of years and he's gained so much emotionally, not to mention he was doing really well in school and he still is, but it definitely fell off when it became our job. <laughs> and, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit, MJ, that like you have a thought process about how everyone will be even. Right? Like everyone's falling together. Everybody, for the most part, is dealing, certainly within our school district, right? So, you know, the year could end up being a wash, and our four year old who's supposed to start, you know, real preschool in September, um, which I don't know how you teach preschool virtually when it's all about kind of socialization and learning through play and that kind of stuff. But at least, you know, he'll be in the same boat as everybody else in his age group. And, and so and so will most of the kids across the country who aren't getting the same kind of education they're normally getting. The year is sort of maybe going to be, you know, a write off or at least people will understand the mitigating circumstances of the pandemic and all these un- less than ideal, uh, you know, solutions that we're trying to deal with. I think right now and probably throughout their school career, at least their elementary and high school career, that will be true. But it doesn't matter. They're all being dropped in the same pot come college, assuming things are much better. Oh, my God. Holy shit, I hope so. (laughs) But it's not the whole world, you know, and it's definitely our country. Um, I don't know if you got any comments about this, but, you know, I have heard people kind of push back when it becomes a conversation piece, whether with us or just in general, about, like, other countries are doing it, right? You hear it on the news, too. Other countries went back to school. They are fine. And I will definitely say that the one big caveat that's being left out in that discussion is they controlled the virus first. They don't have places that have a 20% rate of infection i mean 20 percent of an area and then sending them back to school we've seen the worst in new york honestly i mean it was horrible i was sick as you know with covid (laughs) wait you were sick yeah that (laughs) month i laid in my bed in pain and like 15 pounds that was it that was it that i was able to to catch up on all my netflix shows without having a big debate about what we're gonna watch it was fucking bliss I'm I'm really glad that worked out for you. <laughs> you and die for your, you know, enjoyment. <laughs> but I'm very lucky. Um, but I don't want obviously anyone else to experience it. And um and I'm way the lucky one. And uh, you know, because so I just feel like we have to be smart and let science back the decisions, even though I I definitely want it to be able to happen the school going back in some normalcy. 
Well, I think the Trump administration had it right when they said, let's not let science stand in the way of kids going back to school, because what hasn't this administration gotten correct? Well, I think that's the week. This is not political, but the week that I got sick, I believe it was said there's like, what, four people that have it. And by the end of the week, there will be none. And I'm like, well, hi, raise my hand. I got it. (laughs) Yeah, but to their credit, I did give you a couple of glasses of Clorox, which is what knocked it out and what saved you the drinking of the bleach you're you welcome to extend my quarantine so you could watch like outlander or some shit yeah, yeah. outlander i don't watch out don't <laughs> lander me it sounds like some obscure show that you'd watch i don't know what it is dark dark on netflix okay get it right anyway Thanks. so it's funny because jahp.5 said uh he lives in South Central Nebraska, and their school is not requiring masks nor offering remote learning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the levels are like there. There's obviously a lot fewer people in Nebraska than there are in the New York City area. Um, but if you're at all concerned, you have no options there. No one's wearing masks. You don't have to wear a mask. You can't remote from home. So what are you going to do unless you you do just pull your kids out and decide to do full-fledged homeschooling, which, you know, no thank you from my perspective? I- yeah, I mean, and it's just hard for a lot of people who knows if that person can't do it. And it's not an option like we talked about. Um, and I heard something similar from like someone, a follower in Tennessee, uh, about them going back, no mass required, etc. I will say, you know, there have definitely been studies and experiences that show masks really help. Um, I My kids hate a mask and it breaks my heart to have to see my four-year-old in a mask to go to the beach and then us have to sit like 15 feet away from anyone. But, I mean, if it works... Somebody needs to create a mask-muzzle hybrid so that they not only (laughs) are they protected from the coronavirus, they can't speak. That is really the ideal situation for parents like me. And I will just say about the masks, I can't, like, I can't even imagine our nine-year-old, right? Like, he really hates wearing them. And I've bought like 50 different ones wearing them all day. And again, it's no perfect situation at all. But we just got to roll with what we got, I guess. So it's interesting that because we keep talking about the challenges and the kids don't like masks and and, and the toddlers aren't going to be able to socially distance because you can't trust. I think what what did somebody say that you just can't trust a three-year-old, which is 100% true was Ruby underscore Padilla, Padilla 81 says she lives in the Bay Area in California. She has a three-year-old preschooler and he's pulled out of school because he can't trust preschoolers. But Rhiannon in Portland, Oregon, um, who says she's concerned. She's like, how is my kid going to sit at a desk all day and not get in constant trouble for, you know, breaking social guideline, social distancing rules, or just want to interact with his friends? And then the flip side of that is, how are you going to deal with your kids when they come home and they've spent like no energy? And we know from experience when our kids don't get to ex- expend energy, by the time bedtime comes around or dinner time, they are just bouncing off the walls and that's yeah. left for the parents to deal with. Oh, for sure. And if your kid is forced to sit at a desk all day, doesn't have normal recess, doesn't have a chance to kind of get his yayas out the way that school often allows you to do at least somewhat um, they're just going to be nightmares to deal with even more than usual. Um, and she says that she's a terrible teacher. And, and when she has to teach her kids at home, she's basically just teaching them how to yell professionally, which my kids <laughs> are going to be. My kids are, are proud you are, of that. You have a doctorate that. in that, don't you? They're learning from the 
best. Let's be honest about well, it. Well, the good um, news is just that, you know, I was at least able to take over. And I was really proud of our nine-year-old for being able to fairly well for someone that, you know, has issues with focus and stuff um, to really get through the day. But is he getting the same amount of stuff? Absolutely not. And as for controlling a three-year-old or even a four-year-old, when I do take them places and we're very conscious of the places we go and like low traffic and whatever, but he's still like, I don't know, maybe I should just lick this mailbox on my way. You know, like <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I'm like, but you stop touching everything. <laughs> yeah. it's unbelievable. He eats, he also eats basically everything with his hands. He'll eat soup with his hands. He's just like, what are you doing, buddy? There's a reason spoons were invented. Alba BYC is in Colorado, and she says her concern is how they're going to manage a stubborn, short attention span eight-year-old, sound familiar, mm -hmm. and a yeah. five-year-old, and how do you keep them interested in the online curriculum? So like you said, Detective Munch did a pretty good job of kind of staying on point. Um, but even if we're not, even if your kids are old enough that they can focus and actually follow the school's itinerary, you still got to stay on top of them a little bit oh, and stay yeah. involved and make sure they're doing their homework and they're doing their assignments because our kid every chance he gets will be hopping on his prodigy math game because uh, it's the the educational game that we let him play a little bit more often and it's very easy to get distracted i have a hard time on conference calls from work you know if i have my yeah. phone and i'm multitasking doing something else for work i'm missing what we're talking about in a meeting and it's just the nature of this kind of interaction it just doesn't hold your attention as well and for yeah. kids especially an ADHD kid or just younger kids. It's just, there's really no way to control them. Right. And they're just not, they're getting a diluted version of education, no matter how you slice it. And actually this is just making me think on the fly of this one. I think he does need, you know, in-person instruction within a school with teachers to interact. I mean, we go to a great school that has multiple teachers in a room and it's very hands-on. They build amazing relationships. But one, a couple teachers pointed out to me, like, we're not teachers anymore. We're policemen. We're going to mm -hmm. have to police making sure that these kids stay safe and they're not touching this and they're not doing that. And we're not, you know, and what an extra stress talking about how amazing teachers are, but that's not their fucking job. And we don't want I mean, that to be their job. They already do. They already go above and beyond and they already do so much more for so little. Right. Obviously, teachers don't get a lot of respect in this country. They don't get enough money. Um, you know, the military is, is, is a loaded with a budget. Right. And the cops are basically, you know, military men walking around fully funded with all these all this gear. Meanwhile, teachers are buying their own supplies. Um, you know, it's very frustrating. And now they're being forced with you know, taking care of our kids even more than they normally do, which they've already done. But now they really need to be aware of and cognizant of all these extra rules and trying to keep kids separated. And just, it's just, I, I, the mental stress on the teachers, um, and especially the ones who have kids of their own, you know, at home, they're, they're just dealing with so much all the time. And uh, then of course I, I don't the kids, them. like going in, the people who know, what it should be like, like Munch going in to, with so many high expectations mm -hmm. and seeing the realities, I think is going to be really hard on him. And if we thought it was tough parenting him before, because, you know, it all has challenges for everyone. He's been at a challenging age. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. So you better stock up on beer because <laughs> it yeah, ain't going to go worry. great. 
So <laughs> Kloft six Kloft six twenty seven says many people also talk about the social and emotional well being of their kids. What they don't realize is that their kids will not be going back to a normal school day. So she's a teacher, and and she, mm-hmm. you got a message like this yourself from another teacher. She said it's going to be classrooms with desks spread far apart, no group work students can't socialize no lunch in the cafeteria right they'll be eating at their desks which i guess means we have to pack lunches every day which no, no actually i saw that we they can do grab and go sandwiches okay that's good like at a gas, like gas station anyway what do we care <laughs> but she goes on kloff 627 goes on to say she says i don't see how this model could improve their social and emotional well-being if anything it's going to hurt them more especially when teachers or students get sick or when they're you know hurt and they want to hug or something like that which is some of the stuff that kids rely on right so like you said our son has an expectation for what his school is like and he's going to be going back and immediately being told you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this um, and it's going to be kind of a rude awakening, I think, because he's really excited to go back and see his friends. And if we do end up doing that, he's going to learn really quickly that it's not the way it used to be. And it's not going to be he didn't like school. Let's be honest. You know, no, it's not I for mean, the six months he's been at home. You know, he, he wouldn't be clamoring like to go school, back. But he was very whiny. He was really tough on a Monday, but he comes by it honestly, because don't even fucking talk to me on Monday. <laughs> I hate Monday. Is that honestly That's being set, huh? That's because, well, look, in, 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 in your defense, you've had several martinis on Sunday night, which makes Monday days even worse <laughs> That's <you>. not true. <laughs> I usually not- only have one martini on Sunday night because I'm bracing. Um, but regardless of that, I, what I hope happens, because, of course, I think a lot of parents, especially the ones choosing remote automatically, that's what they picture. I have heard from people who have been like, hey, but I sent my kid to this outdoor dance class, although I think outdoor is a big part of it that makes it mm-hmm. successful. Um, and just the way she lit up by the human engagement. And I will mm-hmm. say, as you know, MJ, like, especially now, we, even us, me anyway, used to look forward to the morning meeting sometimes because the teachers and things, all the kids would get to interact, and it was like the highlight of their day, and you could see it when school was in session. And now that it's been summer break, Munch is missing his friends so hard, and it's hard to pin people down. Um, I know in some suburbs, you know, people are having sort of pods of friends, and those kids are getting together, et cetera, whatever. But in New York, um, people fucking got the hell out of this town. Most kids we know left. Um, Because the parents are working remote anyway, and if they had an option, they did just because they don't want a kid trapped in their apartment. We we have a pretty good size place to live in a little yard, but it's still it is. um, And I wrote about this the other day, and I think a lot of people feel this way about their house right now. It's just a little claustrophobic. And this house is a prison. Does it? No, it is. I'm planet bullshit. Is that right? Hey, proud of you. I did a movie quote with Mike. Um, But, you know, the other day we worked up this watch party, you know, these Netflix watch party or whatever it was. Yeah, it only took two hours. It only took two hours to get set up for that. Yeah, just to set up. But you know what? Half the time they, like, ate snacks and watched the movie silently by themselves. But he was so damn happy, right? Like, he was with his friend and he just, like, you know, he'll... We've been trying to cut back screen time, but if, like, any of his friends happen to be on something, I'm like, 
go, go. Like, you know, because it's so hard to pin people down in summer in general. And I do think it's so important. So I hope, my hope is, is for anyone out there who's having this hybrid and gives it a chance that A, it's safer than we hope. And B, that it does give these kids some semblance of sanity. Because let's be honest, this is fucking with them. It's fucking with me. It's got to be fucking with them. Yeah, it's definitely right. Their their brains are mush, right? They're nowhere near fully formed. um, And they're just struggling left and right. Um, And we don't even really know what the impact is going to be, right? We already knew our kids were going to be in therapy later because (laughs) I'm their dad. Oh, my God. I was going to, you stole the words out of my mouth. Like, maybe, just maybe, they'll be in therapy over this instead of us. Yes. Well, they'll be over both things, but, you know, the stigma for therapy will probably be even less than uh, than it is now. Mental health is going to be, I mean, look, in 20 years, just to, I, you know what? We should tell our kids to get into, start majoring in psychology now so that they can rig it in because <laughs> they're going to be, their therapists later in life, they are all set. Um, what's crazy though, so you mentioned that we, we don't live in the suburbs and we don't even go to a school in our neighborhood really, right? We have to bring our kids. We're not into the school that we're, we're kind of in a you know, regionally school. zoned in suburbs you go to the school unless you go to a private school you go to the school in your area um so odds are the people on your street or in your cul-de-sac or whatever are people that go to the same school and you can make those little pods and stuff yeah. not really practical and i think you know right now i mean it as play pods but i think you mean is like this is becoming a trend i heard about but is not really happening in new york about people kids families choosing remote learning and creating pods of kids so they play together they socialize they learn together a lot of them are either like taking turns teaching or hiring you know if you have the privilege and opportunity to do that and the money right like Mm -hmm. it sounds like a good option i know there's also a lot of blowback about you know a i i mean we don't hear about it happening in new york but so many people uh, not just in New York, but everywhere. That's not even close to an option. The parents are essential workers. They're right. struggling. They're below the poverty line. You know, they just, you know, and like, they just need their kids to learn. And you know, that's a privilege. I'm not so saying my my peanut adventures lives in a Boston suburb, and she says there's so much talk there about forming pods and micro schooling and that kind of thing. And she is trying not to get sucked into the frenzy because there's so much speculation. They don't even really know what's the schools don't even announce their plans until August 10th. Right. So they're just monitoring things and they're thinking of doing a hybrid for one to two months and then revisiting somebody in Atlanta mentioned that they are going to send their kids back. They're, they're, Tara Lee Hill in Atlanta said they're doing full remote for the first four weeks and then revisiting. Um, so like it's this isn't good. going away anytime soon. Right. Everybody yeah. is going to keep monitoring the situation we're all going to be monitoring numbers we don't know that they could announce a plan in new york that we're going back to school doing the hybrid thing and then a week or the day before school starts there might be a spike or there might be something that that happens that makes them say no we're just going to do full remote no nobody knows um and And like you mentioned there are essential workers who just they have no choice and if they get stuck in a full remote scenario what are they going to do Quick right, shout out, by the way, like, woohoo, for essential workers, like all the essential workers, the healthcare workers, the people that keep me stocked in wine, the people who, you know, the, the grocery essential store, workers, like, 
Huh? Yes, they are essential workers. It was deemed an essential business in New York. Liquor stores. Thank you, New York. Because yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, it has been. Um, but everyone who has to do that or does do that, you know, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, we're all going through these hypotheticals, and I know this is one of your things, Mike, is like, you know, it might not even happen, you know, like, and you're like, why worry about it? Yeah. Anxiety, and I'm me, so that's not going to happen. But um, it's very possible that the day before, because we don't even have a start date in New York. No. Um, if we just start, I assume we'll start something. But Starry no one High. Starry High HYE said it's an impossible choice. She said her county in Georgia gave parents a choice between virtual or face-to-face, but then, then they scratched that and said, sorry, no, all virtual, right? So, like, these things are just very fluid well, and changing. And, and she was convinced she was going to send them in knowing it would only last so long, but they missed their friends so much she wanted to give it a shot. But she was like, odds are somebody's going to get sick and it's going to get shut down anyway. Yeah. So whether it's a mandate before school starts or whether it's something like What's happening in Major League Baseball, where the, they started their shortened season, the Marlins got sick, now the Cardinals are sick, right? So, Oh, my God, I, another best team. Best laid season. plans, right? So, like, who knows well, the situ- what the situation is going to be a week in, a month in, who knows? And that's just been this disease in general. I mean, it fucking sucks. There's no other words for it. Um, I know a <laughs> lot of people from California are like, we're just all remote. But there were literally articles written about how how California didn't, you know, suffer the fate New York did and how they did things right, da-da-da. And now here we are, like, four or five months later, and they're in a huge, you know, um, outbreak. And, yeah, yeah, the kids are, there are no options on school. And more importantly, you know, we want everyone to be safe. And it's, you know, it's also hard to know, this disease is just so new, right? So I think people struggle with like knowing. We what- don't even know. We don't even know if if you who had it, if you are now immune, right? And you've heard rumors that even if you had antibodies, they only last eight weeks or something like eight that. Weeks. So you could potentially get it again. And I actually tested negative for um, antibodies, but my doctor also said you are on immunosuppressants, meaning it's entirely possible that you wouldn't get them, right? Because those immunosuppressants like to just take that immunity just right away immediately. Good news. It's, it's good. It's good. I mean, I get, as you know, MJ, if the kid comes home with like a sniffle, I'm sicker than him by the end of the day. Like oh, I yeah, catch, you catch all every- of the things and I am not, I, you know, I'm not special in that. Like there's tons of Aww. people like this. I, I mean, think I'm you're pretty special. Aw. You're welcome. I'm really emotional. I might tear up. You catch everything except the break. God, I'm I don't really know I'm, what that means. I'm on fire. I'm on, on fire. But MJ apparently has the immunity of a oh, bull. Bull? Well, of a bull? Strong like bull. You never get anything, but when you get literally anything, okay. so much as an earache or a headache, oh my God, I'm dying. This I'm is dying. Un- Believable. I'm not going to sit here and listen to this bullshit. You're good at being sick. Congratulations. You learned to live with it. You know what? I think I would rather get COVID again myself than you get it because Jesus <laughs> Christ, what a nightmare that would be. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? We did an episode, I think, on, on, on this. We might have to revisit it and have you on for that one um, just so you can yell. <laughs> you and have to make- some of your subjects. 
with my input because I'm sure I have opinions. Well, as 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 the listeners of this episode know, you have plenty of opinions, and you have no um, compunction against dropping an f bomb. I loved it when you said, um, "You said my apology, but not really." You said COVID fucking sucks. There's no other words for it, and I'm pretty sure there's lots of other words um, besides fucking sucks. Um, but you are a poet. After this um, podcast goes live, because it's perhaps the best terminology you know just get to the point keep it simple people yeah as you said last week your dad would really appreciate it rather than you try to pretend you're not saying the f word just get out with it and just say it if you're gonna say it just fucking say it that's really, right he really knows how to raise a lady he's good <laughs> he had four of them hey you like it <laughs> you know don't push your luck all right <laughs> so this was our second shot at recording this podcast um i hope I hope this recording works. If not, you won't even hear this. Yes, seriously, um, I'm out. But obviously, this is a serious topic. This is a serious time for serious people. And Bob Rumson, your 15 minutes are up. My name is Andrew Shepard, and I am the president. Does, like, literally anyone know what you're quoting when you start just being utterly bizarre on, on audio? The best, the best is when Pete is on, and he's seen three movies in his entire life. Yeah, right. almost... 90% of the time, he has no idea what I'm talking about. Here is the... Yeah, go ahead. I was saying, hopefully, people did understand, if not my references, kind of where we're coming from and, and our concerns yeah. and everybody else's concerns. We are concerned for the teachers. We are concerned for the parents. Um, and obviously, I think we're mostly concerned for the kids. I do think I had a million-dollar idea for mask-slash-muzzle hybrids to keep their mouths shut and to keep them safe from the virus. It's two birds... I'm a genius. Well, thank you for having me on. Um, I feel for everyone out there making these decisions. There's no easy one. I don't think there's a right or wrong one. Um, it's what's right for your family. Should, um, I, should I sing No Easy Way Out from Rocky before to wrap no, it up? I think, I think no, I think we've done enough. I mean, do you know what the problem is here? There's no shortcuts oh, home. God. This is painful. Listen. Pete is actually lucky in his complete lack of pop culture knowledge because, unfortunately, I know every single one of these references is the change. soundtrack of my life. <laughs> and you can change. Everybody can change. Oh, my God. I'm done here. Bye. <laughs> See you guys next week with or without Pete. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.